and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, One. Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I am Alex Jensen. With me here, as always, I have Zach Deets coming off a tremendous, tremendous week of picks right here. It's in the positive. Giants have a victory. He's probably fired up. I'm fired up. We are here to talk wide receivers today. So, Going to start it off kind of going into like a brief overview of how we feel about the class as a whole. Zach, I'm going to let you go first here. How are you feeling about this class? Uh, well, first, uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Excited to dive into this wide receiver class today. Uh, kind of down, I had to introduce myself. I was waiting for Alex, you know, being the great host that he is, being like, Zach, how are you doing today and all that stuff. And just completely, you know, dubbed me. But but it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. New tradition. I, I, yeah, I was gonna uh, I was gonna say congrats on the Seahawks for a nice win this weekend. But you know what? Fuck them. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this fly receiver class. Uh, nah, it's good. It's really good. The thing is, which I feel like everyone's saying, Alex is like, we've been so spoiled the last two classes. You know, from the Judy Lamb Rugs class, Justin Jefferson to last year with. Chase Waddle, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, all those guys. Like this year, 2019 class too. Loaded. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've we've been blessed to say the least recently. And this year it's not looking as good. But the scary thing about that is that it's still a pretty freaking good class, man. Like there are a ton of wide receivers. There is so much high-end talent in this class. And I think the good thing that this class has that last year lacked is just the variety of styles. Like you have the speed guys, you have the route runners, you have, you know, your X guys, uh, just all different uh, shapes and sizes for these wide receivers. And I'm super excited to uh, dive in, talk about some of these guys. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think this year's class doesn't have as many guys that I see becoming a one at the next level, but it is super deep on guys who are going to get NFL reps consistently. A lot of twos, a lot of threes, a lot of names. I was having a lot of trouble narrowing down this list. I will say that. So how we're going to do it, going to start our top 10 today. We'll kind of go back and forth going with uh, where we have each guy. I'll let Zach go first. Going to go 10 to 1 and then just kind of touch on some honorable mention guys if we have time. Zach, who is your number 10 wide receiver? in the 2022 NFL class? Well, my number 10 guy, and I will preface this by saying, I'm sure, I mean, if you're listening to this, I assume you're an NFL draft fan. You know, this is for the prospective prospect, all guys who are eligible. I mean, I assume that most of the guys we're talking about will declare for the draft, but obviously it being this early, these aren't finalized rankings, but Regardless of that, my number 10 prospect is Romeo Dubs out of Nevada. I watched Dubs over the summer, Alex, and, you know, I really, like, came out of it 
like thinking. I think he was like the fifth receiver that I watched, and he might have been the best guy that I had seen at the time. Then I saw a couple other guys, and I really thought the connection between him and Carson Strong would be stronger, uh, no pun intended, than than it was last year. And I'm just pulling up Romeo Dubs' stats super quickly this year. Last year, I mean, he was kind of like a yards per reception machine. He caught 58 passes, just over 1,000 yards, 1,002 to be exact, nine touchdowns. This year, um, he's not as explosive. He has, you know, through, I believe it's three games, or I'm sorry, four games, he has 304 yards, still having a really good year. The thing with Dubs is that he's a one-trick pony, but that trick is really good. You know, he's at X, he'll run vertically on you. He's not the best route runner, although he has improved, but his stutter steps at the line of scrimmage, the way he could, you know, psychology or psychologically uh, intimidate the cornerback is really impressive in my eyes. His biggest flaw, which I'm sure you may agree with, is that his his hands can be a little inconsistent. But, you know, he's a big play threat wing to happen. He's got a really good size. I think he's projected to run in, like, the mid, low to mid 4-4s. Four so, Romeo I have him as a 4-5-0. Oh, really? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. he'll, I mean, he'll, he has a chance to run in that 4-4 four, four range, but... At the end of the day, he's a guy that he's gonna pray he'd be best fit in like an air raid offense. Like honestly, if I had to comp him to one person, I'm not gonna do comps for everyone, but just like I thought of this name off the top of my head. Kind of like a rich man's Demarcus Robinson, a guy who's not really the best route runner, but the Chiefs kind of use him in that Sammy Watkins role where they use him vertically, you know. Not really a nine route guy, but you know, he could he could definitely have a positive impact for your team. So I'm a big Romeo Dubs guy. Yeah, I get it. I uh, He was actually the first wide receiver I was tasked with doing a full scouting report on when I started at Sports Illustrated. And I, I have strong opinions on him as a result of it. I, I think, like you said, a bit of a one-trick pony, but a very, very valuable trick. Uh, I, I think for me – he is one of the better players I have scouted at stacking guys deep. I think the second you get your back turned to him even slightly, good fucking night, honestly. He's going to be just on the wrong side of your hip pocket from there on, and there's nothing you're going to do about it. Does a really good job of changing his speeds when he's going straight line. He, he has three gears that I have seen, and I think that that is definitely something that bodes well for him going forward. He's not quite in my top 10. I have him as my wide receiver 15. I think he'd be 10 in most classes for me. I do have some concerns with drops. Not huge. I think those are somewhat of an inconsistent stat year to year. I do have a bit of a concern with his ability to change directions. I think that he's definitely a straight line guy, you know, kind of high hips. I do not think that he's super great at changing directions. He's not going to plant his foot in the ground and just take off upfield at the same speed. That's just not his game. Uh, I also think he is not super physical. I think that he is the type of person who can get bullied at the catch point at times. Even in Nevada, you saw it, I think, at the NFL level, that's just going to be a bit more. So I have concerns about him having a big role in an offense. I think you can throw in some screens in space, and as long as he's going in a straight line, he can be pretty fast once he gets going. He's high-hipped, for better or for worse, so change of direction and uh, getting that engine started, bit of an issue. 
listed, I think, 6'2", 200. I would not be shocked if he's more like 6'2", 190. He looks a little light to me, but dude can stack people like no one else, and that's a valuable skill. And I think that he's going to have a huge role in the NFL. It's just going to be as that field-stretching third wide receiver that gets on the field and makes everyone else's life a little bit easier. No, yeah, definitely. Um, like, like I said, he's a one trick pony. That trick is super good. No one's expecting him to be some route running savant, but you know, put him in an air raid offense, give him a quarterback that could push the ball down the field. I really feel like dubs could make an impact here. I agree with you. I'll kind of dive in with uh, my wide receiver 10, who is on list your list as well. I see uh, Khalil Shakir from Boise State. I uh, He's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. Uh, he's a beast against man coverage, man. He's, he's not small for a guy from Boise State. You think he's like six foot 190. He looks the part, but uh, dude's an alpha at the catch point. You wouldn't think it for his size. He's fast. He's not super fast. He's probably like a mid four fours sort of guy, maybe mid to high four fours. But you watch some of his highlights this year and you think he's Odell Beckham. He, he's made some incredible catches this year. And that's going to make you think he's more of like a highlight type player. And that's actually not what he is. He's a senior. I was a bit surprised he didn't come out last year, to be honest with you. But he's having a pretty good year. He's already got 31 catches for 518 yards and four touchdowns in uh, just five games. Got some highlight real catches on film. And he does everything pretty well. Destroys man. Does very well against zone two. Haven't had too many reps of him going up against high end corner play. So that's something that I really want to see before I can rank him any higher and could potentially drop him a bit lower in this class. But right now he looks like someone who can start at Z in the NFL. And that's super valuable to me. I don't know. What do you think about uh, Cleo Shakir? Uh, this is a uh, unanticipated segue. He's actually my number nine guy. So I would have been talking about him next, but uh, yeah, Khalil Shakir, you were pretty uh, spot on with those measurables, Alex, looking at it. Now we have him at, uh, six feet and two eight inches, 190 pounds, but four four two. So a little quicker than I'm sure you imagined, which I could definitely see. You see, the thing about Shakir that I see some of the concerns are is that oh, he's a guy that you're gonna have to manufacture touches to, to you know, have him really make an impact and stuff. Kind of like a Kadarius Tony as prospect, but you know what? Uh, speaking of Kadarius Tony, had a pretty good game this week for the Giants, but. I digress. Um, nah, the thing with Shakir is that he literally is like it's a cliche. It's a cliche th- phrase to say he's he literally is like a human joystick. I mean, some of the movement skills that he has will leave your jaw drop. Whether even if it's like a screen and he's juking a defensive back coming in for a tackle, and he's able to get the ball upfield, like he really does have some incredible ankle flexibility. Uh, he has a high football IQ. Um, in terms of his route running, he definitely has gotten better in that department. Um, he's not, I wouldn't say he's similar to Doves because he's not really going to be like, oh, yeah, run that nine route, like get vertical. But the thing with Khalil Shakur is that he's fun. He's exciting. You get him the ball in a West Coast style offense and, you know, put this guy on slants, give him some like bubble screens, anything, just get this guy, the ball in space, get him against some man coverage and he will make defensive coordinators pick. He's probably, I mean, I'm, this is going to sound kind of like high on him because he, I 
He the one concern that I will say. Sorry, I'm just going to go back to this quickly. His measurables for a guy who's six feet tall. I mean, it may cause some concern. Like, I don't think he'll be a top fifty guy only because you know he does have um, greater than nine inch hands, nine and one eighth. But he was also th- this is a verified measurement, by the way, twenty eight and a half inch arms and a seventy and one eighth wingspan. So he's not the longest guy, you know, he's not. He doesn't play like stuff. it. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Super small. Um, So yeah, I don't think he's going to be used at the next level as a guy that you're going to like chuck the ball up to not a red zone threat. But like I said, play that short passing game, get him the ball in space and yeah, he can make a dangerous impact. Yeah. That's, that's interesting on his arms because Maybe that's the reason he's had to make so many kind of highlight real catches at the catch point. And, uh, you know, that, that slightens margin for error. So I, I didn't know that about him. And I think that probably actually, had I known that, might have dropped him just out of my top 10 because, man, it is really close all the way through like 17 for me. It really is. No, but uh, so that's clear Shakir. Uh, either way, fun player to watch. Good player and uh, someone I'm excited to see. Uh, I assume he's going to be a senior bowl guy. And I think that he's going to be one of the fun guys to watch in one-on-ones in the senior bowl. hundred percent. So who's next up on your list, Zach? Who are we talking about? Well, I said my ninth guy. You have to say your ninth guy, man. Okay, let's do it. Let's start off with my number nine. Uh, John mentioned the third. tit for tat. Let's do it. See, Why I'm, not? I'm a generous co-host, unlike you, who doesn't introduce me. But yeah, John Mechie. <laughs> so John Mechie, I see on Twitter a bunch of people saying he's a 4-3 guy. Let's address this. You got access to a database that I apparently don't have access to, which yes. is hurtful. It's hurtful, I'm not going to lie. I have him as about a 4-5-0. See, a lot of people saying a 4-3 burner. Where's the disconnect here? Who's who's right? I mean, you are close. You're closer than the people in the 4-3. Um, just to spit out his measurables quickly, 5'11", 6'8", 195, 4'4", 6'. 4'4", 6 is fashion, I expected, to be honest with you. He is a bit of a technician on the route game. He looks like he came from Alabama. I, I think that he's clearly very well coached. Clearly a very willing player. Definitely going to be a high football IQ, high character player. Very willing blocker. He blows some dudes up in the run blocking game. Also, occasionally in pass blocking in some of the weirder formations. That being said, I think he's a guy who gets overrated because he's coming out of Alabama. And everyone just assumed that, okay, next guy up at Alabama, breakout year. I don't know that he's that player. I think that he is just – his floor is a good wide receiver three, and his ceiling is – uh, average to slightly below average wide receiver two for me. I think he's a guy who is going to be doing exactly what you expected on third downs. You're going to want him out on the field, chain mover type guy. But I just didn't see the kind of explosive big, big play guy at the NFL level that is what I value in a top five wide receiver in a class where I tend to see him. I didn't think he was a super, super dynamic athlete and, uh, I thought he was already somewhat close to his ceiling. So, I don't know. I, I think I'm a little bit lower on Mechie than most. I still like him. I think he's an NFL player. I think he's going to be a really good special teamer and a valuable guy, but he kind of reminded me of a smaller Muhammad Sanu more than anything else. I don't know. Am I way off base here? I usually see him consensus top five. So, how do you feel about John Mechie? 
Um, I promise this isn't going to keep happening, but he's my number eight guy. So we're kind of like going back and forth. I got him two spots above, um, or I got him one spot above you. But uh, also, let me just, I feel like I'm going off topic a lot on here. I'll feel badly not giving credit. The database that I'm using access to is on risingdraft.com. That's Ryan Roberts' website. Anybody listening to this, go on rise in, like R-I-S-E, and draft.com. Jesse Fritch does great work on this database. I would just feel badly, you know, us talking about it, not giving them credit because they bust their ass on that. So good on them providing some uh, good resources to the NFL draft community. But going back to John Mechie, I agree with a lot of what you said, Alex. Like, let me say something to you. I'm not saying stylistically. I'm just thinking about, like, the draft hype and what people were saying about them. You know who this guy kind of reminds me of? Like, just like the whole narrative. Amon Ross St. Brown last year. Because Amara did not, yeah, I did. Amara had a good year, not the best year, kind of like Mechie's having. I agree with you; he's not the most explosive guy. He is a route, he is a good route runner. He's a really good separator. I know he's had some drop issues in the past, and the one thing that I know a lot is that Nick Saban has said it. I'm pretty sure, like out of all the wide receivers he's ever coached, which is a lot of guys. Like, this is, like, the most mature guy. Like, this guy is, like, ready for the next level. Like, I know you talk a lot about how well Malik Willis is going to interview in your eyes. Like, I think John Mm -hmm. Mitchell will be one of the best interviews in the NFL. Like, this is, like, he's a genuinely, like, a good kid and a hard worker. But going back to my St. Brown comparison, like, two both guys not really having the best years came into the year as, like, probably projected late first-round picks, fringe, like, round one, round two. Um... The one thing that I will say the concerns are different is that St. Brown, I don't think people expected to test that well. I don't think he really did. But then you just see him in practice in that pre-draft circuit, and you see the talent. I think that's what's going to happen with Mechie. Like, he's not going to have the best stats. He, excuse me. He plays on Alabama, which obviously is Bryce Young, who is, I think he's still the favorite for the Heisman. But... Um, I think once he gets to that pre-draft circuit, despite being a junior, like at the combine and the drills, people are going to see the, his route running acumen and his ability to separate. And if he catches the ball well in these drills and these workouts, like he could easily be like a round two pick, in my opinion. I just don't think he is on the same level as, you know, the Jerry Judys, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, all those guys like that. And there are some people... Um, who are watching Alabama this year. I'm sure we'll get to this guy later on. But um, they don't even think he's the best wide receiver on the team. Certainly not the highest ceiling in my mind. Yeah, certainly not the highest ceiling. No, I agree with you on that. But yeah, I mean, Mechie, I feel like he's a guy who's kind of getting a little too much hate. But he's still a good football player. He'll definitely be able to carve out a role, whether that's a slot or like an outside Z receiver for an NFL team. I feel like... Similarly, he might be, I don't know if this is a good comp, but maybe a little Sterling Shepard-esque. I feel like Shepard's a little more thick than him. Similar route running acumen, I don't know. But in terms of impact, that's where I would lean. I can kind of see it. I I thought Shepard was a bit more dynamic than him, and I I think that... I think Menchie brings a lot more in the run game, too. I I think that he could have value on a team like... a San Francisco or maybe even, you know, the Jets, if they uh, do that, that are going to be doing a lot of uh, kind of routes based off of 
showing run blocking and outside zone. I think that's where he's going to be the most valuable, kind of like a glorified Kendrick Bourne. But I think the issue with him getting drafted super highly is just he's got a skill set that coming into second contracts, a lot of wide receivers have, and those wide receivers aren't super expensive to get. So I think that that'll kind of prevent him from getting drafted too highly, even though I think he could be one of the more effective rookies because he'll be one of the most prepared guys. Uh, looks like you've got your uh, 10 through 8 already set because I've just been sniping you on guys. So I guess I'll just keep it going here. Uh, uh, David Bell is my wide receiver 8. I, uh, I see where you have him ranked. I get it. I, I like him a lot, man. He's, he's fun. He was uh, one of those, like, another Purdue man. They just pulled a bunch of highly ranked guys for just a, a while. Not – you know, everybody in their class, but they're pulling top 100 type guys. He was a four star, 113th overall in the class, chose to go to Purdue over a plethora of other offers. Nice frame, 6'2, 205. He looks the part. Very good athlete in the air. Not super fast. He's fluid. I'll give him that. Really good at the catch point. I'm not as high as a lot of people on the guys who are just really good at the catch point, and that's where they do most of their winning. I, I think that. That just, it makes the margin for error so much less. And I think that that's the thing that holds me back from David Bell. I wouldn't be shocked if he's a 4-6-0, 40 type guy. I, I don't think he's going to separate a ton, but tremendous body control. I can see some comparisons to maybe a guy like Allen Robinson if you're like going for like what the true high end of what he could become is. I just think there are a lot of guys with somewhat similar, similar skill sets that have really struggled at the next level. So you're kind of chasing a, you know, a bit of an outlier if you're going for that sort of guy, but everything he can control, he controls really well. I think he runs good routes. I think he's shifty. I think he's really good at the catch point, really good at using his body to block guys out. He's a good overall athlete, even though he's not fast, I'd say he's a good athlete. And I think he's going to be a red zone weapon. So I like him a lot. I just, that, that skill set makes me nervous a bit. I, he's got a bit of Laquan Treadwell to me. Damn. Um, well, yeah, definitely a bell ranked higher. So I'll I'll get to him in a little bit. I'll give my two cents on David Bell because I'm a bigger fan of him than yours. So I'll move on to my number seven guy. And, uh, you know, I can't really get mad at you about Bell because the guy I have at seven is pretty high on your list. Um, I have Chris Olave at seven. Um, Disrespectful. Not really. It's just disrespectful. Um, it's it's actually not. But uh, Chris Olave, uh, six six feet and a half feet tall, one hundred eighty nine pounds, runs a four four two. Olave was a guy who I watched last year when people were like kind of mocking him towards the end of the first round, and I just like did not see him, man. Like I saw a really good route runner, but just just kind of not even like I I don't want to be disrespectful, not even like a fat body, but just like one that too didn't late play. Didn't play too physical. Um, we do not <laughs> fat shame on the Juicy Deets podcast. Don't ever insinuate that again. But anyway, nah, I watched Olave and um, yeah, I mean, it's just like maybe it was just like the lack of sexiness in like his game is probably the best way I could put it. Um, this year, and you know, watching him from last year, he just like. I don't know. A light bulb's kind of lit up for me. And let me just say, just because he's number seven, Alex, I know you're crying right now because you love the guy and you want to marry him. 
I still I, I'm crying because I love like, you and you just look stupid right now. Really... <laughs> and it hurts. It hurts. I, uh, you know, my heart goes out to you and, uh, you know, your whole family. But uh, it is what it is, right? At the end of the day. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so Chris Olave, um No, yeah, his 2020 tape, he looked really improved. And obviously this year he looks good. My biggest problem with Chris Olave is that the route running, it looks really good. I just worry so much about the physicality and fighting through. Like, if this guy is going against man, I get he has, you know, the agility, the elusiveness. He He's a technician to an absolute T, Alex. But when he goes against these bigger corners and stuff like that, I feel like he's a guy who's going to have to be schemed heavily upon. And I'm not saying that like he's like some – you know, gadgety like type of player, but I just look at his physical <laughs> profile and, you know, the fact that his measurables aren't that great too. You know, he has barely over nine inch hands, nine and a quarter arms are slightly over 30 inches. Uh, nothing insanely crazy. Um, I definitely think he's the lesser of the two Ohio state wide receivers, but um, I, I just look at Olave, man, and I'm like, this guy's ceiling, he could be a really, really solid number two for a team, but I just, I'm out on him as like this first round guy, because I just don't see the ceiling there with him. Yeah. So it's funny. I actually agree on what he is, but I think that that puts him way higher. I, he's number two in my my overall rankings, and uh, even that was a bit of a struggle for me. I uh, I think that you're crazy. I'm not going to lie. We're having below some of the guys that you have him below. But with that being said, just because you were talking about the bigger corners and more physicality and how it'll have to be schemed, I'll get some other stuff later. I think, without a doubt, he's a better – he's going to test better in more things than – Garrett Wilson in terms of what the run times are going to be and what the vertical is going to be. He's going to be more explosive because he's one of the best track athletes in high school history, but I, I would bet money on that. We can make that a bet on the show, but the question I'm going to ask you is, I don't think he's going to have a better vertical than Garrett Wilson. I'll, I'll give you I'm, that. Maybe the I'll, three cone, maybe they will be close in the 40. I can. No, he's going to be will, way faster in the 40 because he's way, he is what I've seen. I, no. Yeah. I would, some of the impacts that he's close. a lot faster. I would be surprised by that, but, but let me ask you this though. Okay. Yes. The games against the power five school. So Rutgers, Minnesota, and Oregon this year between yes. the two Ohio state wide receivers, which one was better in those three games? Objectively. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I know for I haven't been able to watch a lot of live action. If I'm being completely honest, just like busy, you know, like personal lives, like Alex, you're you're a loving father. I know you got a full slate on you. Me, I'm just a bum. I like to (laughs) just be a party animal on the weekends. But no, I would definitely say I would definitely say Olave. He has three hundred yard games according to our producer. So for right now, and I'm not low on Wilson. For it's worth, like, you'll be hearing about him later for me. He's not someone that's super low for me. I like Garrett Wilson a lot. He does some really nice things. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. Are you box score scouting right now? 
No, I'm not. I watched okay. these games actually. Okay, defend it. Defend it. Yeah. Defend it. Oh my god, <laughs> you're you're hearing it live, folks. Alex Juicy Jensen is box score scouting. I am not box score scouting. I am saying I watched those three games and I also happened to watch the Tulsa game. I did not watch the I forget who they played their fourth game. Some some team that was not super impressive to watch. And watching those games against the Power Five teams, there was a notable gap for me between Olave and Garrett Wilson. Watch them. I, th- I thought Olave looked a whole lot more polished, a whole lot more NFL ready in those. But I'll get to him later. Get to him later. Try to rile myself down here a little bit because got me upset putting him at seven, especially with who, knew who your number six is, who I like. But going to my number seven before we get into all of that, Jahan Dotson, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. He is a bit of a weird profile. He is very straight line fast. Not super big. I think he's, what, 5'11", 185. Having a hell of a year for Penn State. Through five games, 35 receptions, 446 yards, and six touchdowns. And that's all I have to say because we're box score scouting here today. No, uh, (laughs) had a really good stretch of games. Looked really good on Penn State this year. And uh, looks like he's kind of turned a leak. He was a guy who I kind of expected to come out last year because he probably would have gone day two. And that's just kind of hard to turn down, honestly. But... He's looked significantly better this year. And by from what I've heard, he's running a lot faster. What they're saying out of Penn State is he's running a 4-3-3 right now. I don't know about that because that still doesn't look like it shows on film. But that's kind of the stuff you heard about, uh, you know, Adafi Owe last year. And he came out and really did it. So maybe he is. They, they said he works all off season on getting faster and he's, he's running that. So he's probably going to be a 4-4, maybe even sub guy when it all comes together, which is a big stride for him. Because before he looked like a, you know, kind of lower 4-4s, maybe 4-4-5 to 4-4-8. He looks faster. He's explosive. Vertically, he's an alpha at the catch point. It is a weird look for someone who's undersized. He mosses dudes. He really does. And it looks like it might translate. Because of some of the uncertainty there, He's the guy that moved up a lot more for me because he looks to be a bit more polished and significantly faster, a little bit more explosive, but it's a weird profile and it's kind of tough to tell what he is going to look like at the next level. But man, he's a guy who can stretch the field vertically and it's tough to leave him on -on one-on-one because he really can moss corners. And I think you got to provide some protection over top and he can open a bunch of stuff up underneath, create some room and potentially be a guy who can, handle some volume at the next level. So I really like Jahan Dotson and uh, it, the gap between number three and number seven for me is not too big. They're all pretty close for me. So I, I like him a lot. Now. Yeah. Um, I'll just give my thoughts on Dotson super quick. He did not make my top 10, but like I said, I like this receiver class and he definitely has the potential to rise. I agree with a lot of what you said, Alex, uh, 5'10", 6'8", 184. They have him at a 4'4", Pretty big hands. That's the thing. I mean, let's. he's the type of guy that if you read a scattering report on him and you did not look at those measurables I just listed, and I said to you, I was like, how big do you think this guy is? You would probably be like 6'3", maybe? 6'2"? Nah, he's literally not even 5 feet 11. But yeah, Dotson has a little bit of waddle to him. I definitely think... What you alluded to, that physicality at the cash point, him, like, you know, getting up body in corners, like, 
I mean, that's one of the things that made Jalen Waddle. It wasn't even the speed, in my opinion, that made him such a unique prospect, Jalen Waddle. It was his ability to be just a complete alpha with the balls in the air, like just a fearless guy. And I haven't watched a lot of Dotson this year. I've watched the Wisconsin game. He went 5-102, got a score in that one. Um, but, yeah, I definitely he's definitely a guy who's flying up boards. I'm pretty sure he is a senior, correct? So, I mean, he looks yes, like a prime Yes, he could have come out last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this guy could go with the senior bowl and cement himself as a first-round pick. I, I kind of feel dumb not having him in my top ten. There's just a couple guys I like more. Like, I'm probably higher on this receiver class than you. I'm a bit of an optimist. but not I like the class. Enough. No, yeah. but I um, do have a comp I want to get out before we move on. I just want yes, to, I, I like please. this comp. This is probably I my favorite cops. comp in the whole oh, okay. class, actually. Okay. I I, uh, now, I like now quite a bit. I, yeah. He reminds me a ton of T.Y. Hilton. That's who I see when I watch him. That's who I comp Jalen Waddle to. Well, there we go. Before. There we go. Nah, but I agree with what you said. I really like that comp. And Dotson, you know, he's, like I said, not in my top ten. But all the traits you mentioned, I agree with. And, you know, later on next spring when we do our final top tens, barring injury, Dotson has a good chance to make mine. But moving on to my number six guy, I feel like Alex is going to get a little uh, triggered when I say this name. I don't know why. but um, Just because you have him above Olave, and I think they're somewhat – similar roles and i just don't agree with it but i'll let you go i like him okay yeah uh zay flowers boston college he was probably my first draft crush of this 2022 cycle you know just watching um because believe it or not the first prospect i watched in this entire um you know out of everybody i started off with quarterbacks i randomized the quarterbacks watch him and it was like number one phil phil yurkevich i was like oh let me watch him (laughs) <laughs> and Zay Flowers was just popping off the screen, man. Um, let me pull up his measurable super. He's still play. performing without Zerkevich. I will say he, that. He is. He is. Um, 5'11", 178, runs a 4'48". I do think he will run a little faster than that, if I had to guess. I would be shocked if he ran 4'48", or in the 4'5s, or something like that. But, yeah. I mean, you put him on tape, and... He, I hate using this comp because it makes me feel like I only watch the Giants, but you could comp him because of his positives and his flaws to Gadarius Tony. because despite the fact that I don't think Flowers is a great route runner like us, you know, savant, I definitely think his separation ability is one of the, maybe one of the three best separators in this class at the wide receiver position. He's a yards at, I mean, he gets these yards after the catch. And he's a deep ball threat, too. Another concern that some people have is that, you know, he's not really a hands catcher. You know, he likes to do those breadbasket catches, especially on those deep routes. But um, Flowers is a guy that he's just always finds a way to get open. Um, he does a decent job stacking the, the uh, defensive back vertically. Um and I did allude to his route running being poor, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to kill him. 
he's a big play threat. He has some return ability too, which in my opinion, we haven't really talked about that with some of these guys. I feel like that could boost their value being a special teamer. But yeah, uh, Zay Flowers, I think he's super fun player. And the fact that he's performing well without your Kavich, I'm blanking on the Boston College backup name. I'm, I'm I don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll, Michael. I'll, 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 look <laughs> it up. I'll look it up. But um, no, yeah, he's just producing. And that's kind of just what you want from a guy who's projected to be like a top 64 pick. So I'm a, I'm a big Zay Flowers guy. I, I like Zay Flowers a lot early. I, I think he was a guy who, when I was kind of watching some of his highlights and watching uh, uh, Yurkovic, he popped for me more. And then when I was watching just his film, I ended up a bit lower on him. I, uh, Dennis, I, I kind of, what was that? I'm, maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. It sounds like a German name, like Dietz uh, Grossel. G R O S E L. Yeah. And Speaking of German been, names, shout out to my uh, my grandpa on my mom's side, Hansel Herne. But uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, just want to say, Zay Flowers, I, I get what you're saying. I do think he's in the 4.45 to 4.50 range, but I think he's faster than that in pads. I think he's one of those guys who is fast at runtime because he's so fluid as a runner. I, uh, I don't love the route running. He not only does he not always run the Christmas routes, but you can tell that there are times where he's just freelancing. And a lot of the time that results in the quarterback not being on the same page as him. And it's usually his fault from what I can see, not being in that huddle. Uh, I think that is going to make it a tricky battle for him to get significant reps early in his career. He's not a big guy either. I don't know what he's listed as, but he looks to be like, maybe sub 180. I think he's, he looks to me like 5'10", 175-ish, which there can be a role for that, but it's tough to envision as a volume guy like he kind of is right now, this level. I think that he's a weapon in space. His after-the-catch abilities are fantastic, and he can get up to his top speed real fast. I don't know what that top speed is, but he gets to it quickly. He puts on the Jets. Uh, he has probably one of my favorite plays from the entire film study I did of the 2021 season. Uh, I have this. I'll, I'll put this on Twitter later today. He has this play where he is just full sprint going towards the sideline, just kind of, you know, turning, trying to bust an angle, can't do it, realizes it from full sprint, stops just on a dime right at the sideline. And it's like a wave of defenders just get taken out by a tidal wave. And he just full stops and you just see everyone just go flying by him. And then he's just down the field gone. And that's the type of thing he brings to the table. He's definitely going to be a good kick returner at the next level. He's also the type of person I could see getting cut off a team in two years because he doesn't always do what the coaches are asking him to be doing. And I think that that that's a tough ask for him. But that being said, the talent's there, really good player. And the highlights are phenomenal. So if he can just become more polished and, you know, just do what a coach is asking to, and maybe end up in a team that can scheme him into space, he could be a valuable weapon. I think I like him more as like a 3-4 slash kick returner that's getting a chance to be schemed in some touches. But I like the player a lot. Just don't see a big enough role for him to be in my top 10 in this class personally. No, I definitely but, agree with a lot of your um, – sorry to cut you off. No, oh, I agree good. with your concerns. I agree with your concerns. Um Definitely is one of the riskier guys. I will say that. I do love Zay Flowers, but I am, you know, I'm not seeing it with rose-colored glasses. I understand that. He does have those route-running flaws, and the point you alluded to is pretty good that, you know, 
a coach that sees him freelancing and stuff like that, they might not like that. So, you know, he's a volatile player, but, you know, boom or bust, but I definitely think he has a better chance to boom than bust. I get it. The ceiling is certainly there. The ceiling is certainly there. My number six guy, it kind of hurt to put him here for me because I just I want it, to put him higher. Me. It hurt me to look at it. Trust me. Yeah, and, and I, I actually get it, really, on this. It's just Treland Burks, man. I love this guy. It is a true story, actually. I, I do a kind of a dynasty NFL fantasy team that we also have a feeder team uh, from the college ranks, and I've, I've owned him in my main league since he was a true freshman. I drafted him before he played a snap in college football. Love the guy. Really unique build. Really unique build. He's, what, 6'3", 230, 235. He's big. Dinner plate hands, I think, actually 11 inches. Like, literally, he has the, like, frame of a tight end slash maybe even offensive lineman. He's he's freakish. He's fast, straight line, like you'd expect for a guy who's 6'3", and 235 pounds. There's some tightness in the hips. He's not a huge change of direction guy. I think when he came out, he was actually part running back, part wide receiver, and they weren't really sure which position was going to take over. His skill set is one that you're not going to find anywhere else in this class or most classes. It is a rare skill set to find someone this big with the receiving ability that he does have. And I think for being, you know, a six foot three, two thirty five guy, is understandably a bit tight hipped. He's still less tight hipped than you'd expect for his frame. And he catches everything. He's capable of mossing the ball. He runs fairly crisp routes for what he's doing. He's a battering ram of a human. You can't leave a cornerback on him because they'll just get bullied. It's what's going to happen. He's too big, too powerful, too strong. Thick lower half. He just has some some limits, limitations to what he can do because he's an outlier frame. And that is what it is, and we've seen that work out really well. I, I think – the person he reminds me the most of who he's a little bit less dynamic than in my opinion, but he reminds me a bit of AJ Brown. And I think similarly, if you put him in the right scheme, if he winds up somewhere like a Shanahan scheme or something like that, where they can just figure out how to get him into a little bit of space consistently, because he's not the best route runner ever, but if they can get him into that space, he is tough to deal with. He is tough to deal with. And he does some really exciting things. I jotted down some stats on him. Uh, that I had pulled up, he right now is averaging 11.0 yards after catch per reception, which is more than a lot of people average per catch alone. And that's on Arkansas, where everyone knows he is the weapon. And this is a better Arkansas team than most years, but we kind of saw last week, they're still Arkansas. Uh, 3.72 yards per route run, top 10 on that. But there have been more drops that are kind of just concentration drops that you wouldn't expect than I would like for a guy with his size hands. He has three offensive pass interference penalties already. Super physical player. He knows it, but it can be a detriment at times. And I think it's just a case of when I'm ranking these guys like in a vacuum, he ends up my wide receiver six for me because there's just certain teams he just doesn't make sense to me on. But that being said, there are certain systems where he's a top three guy for me. And I think that those teams are going to get him drafted a bit higher than I have him ranked. And I like the player and I want him to go to the perfect situation to succeed because he is going to fun to watch, man. So yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about Burks. No, yeah. Um, I'm not going to talk about Burks right now because I'm going to get to him a little later. Um, he's very high on this list to 
say the least, if that's a hint for anybody. I'll jump to my number five guy. Um, and let me just preface this by saying my guys one to five. It's just such a narrow gap. This is like the top, tippy tippy top of the class for me. So all these guys, like, if you have them in like above someone else and like your own opinion, then I really I'm not gonna get mad at you. Uh, number five, kind of by default, just in my opinion. I mean, it has to be George Pickens. Like, I factor in like the injuries with when I grade, but Pickens is one of the best three wide receivers that I watched over the summer. Um, just an outstanding athlete. I look at George Pickens, and he is listed at, you know, just six foot three flat, two hundred pounds, four five six, which is very surprising. I definitely think he's going to run a little bit faster than that. What took me aback so much watching him, Alex, was his separation ability. Like, I saw that maybe he was not going to run that fast, but, like, his route running and just his ability to get open, plus his hands. Like, he might have the best hands in this class, man. Mm -hmm. Just, like, absolute mitts. Either him or Traylon Burks. I would not be surprised if they have greater, like, just, like, ridiculous Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Amdetokounmpo. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, but Pickens, yeah, I mean, he's kind of like everything you look for in a number one receiver. I just worry about the ACL. I don't think ACLs are a death blow to someone's prospects or, like, to their future, especially if it's, like, young. We've seen a lot of guys tear their ACLs, even multiple times when they're young, and they still maintain most, if not all, their explosiveness back. But, yeah, I'm just waiting to see Pickens if he's healthy. Obviously, he's a risk of the injury. But, like I said, these five guys are, like, cream of the crop for me. So, he, he's a stud. He's a full-blown stud. There's nothing really not to like about him. Yeah, outside of the injury and, you know, there's some off-field stuff with Pickens, too. Uh, you know, it, oh, yeah, it's kind of – yeah, it's similar stuff to uh, some players that were still drafted highly last year. So, I'm not too worried about it. But uh, I have Pickens higher than you do, so I'll talk about him more later. But I, I do think he is going to be a guy who's somewhere in that four four five to four five nine range. I don't think he's super straight line fast, but it just doesn't matter because he's just so tremendous of an athlete. His ability to kind of like sink his hips, bend the knees, bend the ankles, everything makes him play a lot faster than he is. And he is sudden, he's twitchy, and he is an alpha. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Pickens a bit more than you do, but I get it. I do get it. Uh, but looking at your list, your number four guy, someone that's already come up on my list. So give you a little time to uh, say your piece on your number four wide receiver here. Okay. Um, oh, wait, you have to say your number five guy. You oh, that's right. I did not realize I had not said that yet. Yeah, so my I number five guy, one of the uh, – one of the, the two Drakes at USC right now, Drake London. He's having a hell of a year. No way around that. He's the most targeted guy in college football. I think he has 68 targets through five games, or I don't know if he's played five or six. Yeah, five games. So just ridiculous. His stats are absurd right now. 48 receptions for 670 yards and four touchdowns in five games. There have been some highlight clips there. There's some tremendous one-handed catches. He's mossing dudes right and left. He is by an absolute mile leading college football in contested uh, contested catch targets. 
I think he has 21 contested catch targets and number two in all of college football is 10. So he has more than half of the second most contested catch targets. He caught 14 of them. He's coming down with a lot of them. My issue with him that you can kind of guess from someone who has 21 contested catch targets through five weeks, he does not separate. I've seen some people who think that he's going to run fast, uh, kind of like Pittman did at a USC a couple years ago, which he plays a similar role to him. I think Pittman ran what, like a four, four, eight or something like that. Maybe he does the same thing, but on film, it doesn't show up every single snap. There was someone right in his hip and he's six, five two ten. Every bit of it almost looks a bit like a skinnier Mike Evans on film, uh, in pads, but, It scares me a bit trying to draft someone in the first round that just does not create separation. He is a good athlete. He is very good after the catch of the ball in his hands. People fall off him. I think, I can't remember what he's averaging after the catch, but he's, I think, top 15 in college football right now in that category. Uh, Part of the issue with him having so many contested catches are they are tough catches to make all the time. And Slovis doesn't necessarily help too much with that, but he'll give you a chance to make a play for better or worse. He will do that. Drake London through five starts has seven drops this year, which is a bit concerning. Again, he has the most targets, but he is by a good margin first in drops right now. Uh, So that's a bit of a concern. Not super consistent year to year, but 12.7% drop rate, bit concerning. And especially because of the way he plays the game, a bit more concerning to me. Some offensive pass interference penalties. You can see it. You can tell he's definitely uh, studying quite a bit of the other kind of contested catch guys that are getting away with a little bit of a push-offs at the next level. Maybe he can do that. Maybe he gets called for a lot of offensive pass interference because you could call him for offensive pass interference about four or five times every game. And you could get him called for defensive pass interference when he's targeted probably four or five times every game. He's going to draw a lot of flags. I get what there is to like, but my concern is that I don't know if he's quite the athlete that a Michael Evans is. And he's going to have to be to win the way he's playing right now. Michael Evans. Never heard anybody call him Michael Evans. He he played with uh, Jonathan Manziel. (laughs) 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 uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I like him. I like him. I'm the thing to me that makes him a lot more. I, I think I would traditionally have a guy like him lower than number five in a class, especially a class like this. But I think that if worst comes to worst, you can put him in the slot and he will just make guys miss tackles and get yards after the catch. And I don't think he has to play an X. So if that doesn't work because he can't separate, there is a backup role that has value for him. And I think that that's very rare for his prototype. So that makes me a bit higher on him. And I get why people are higher than me. I do think there's reason for concern. Listen, I respect that we're going to get to London on my half on in a little bit, but going back to my number four guy, this is where David Bell falls for me. You had talked about him earlier, number eight. Uh, David Bell, six feet two, 205 pounds. Projected four five two, so not as slow as you think. And I really don't think he's that slow on tape. Listen, he's not some insane athlete. But the thing with him, and I'm going to go back to that this narrative that I used with John Mechie and Amon Ross St. Brown. If I had to think of a similar narrative with David Bell, I look at a guy like T. Higgins because I know T. Higgins was a super, um, you know, I'm blanking on the word right now. 
Um, you know, people loved him, people hated him. You know, God, I'm blanking on this word right now. Polarizing? Polarizing, thank you. Boom. Thank you so much. Um, just sounded like a complete fool. Maybe if you could edit that, that would be awesome. Not really, because I'm not a coward. But, David Bell, I look at a guy like him and someone like T. Higgins, and, you know, these are guys that are polarizing prospects, and I feel like guys like Jahan Dotson are kind of a lot to go before Bell just because they have that speed, all that stuff. But I go back at, at it with these two things. David Bell, ever since he's been at Purdue, has been a production machine. And I'm not box score scouting. I'll tell you the things I like about him right now. Um, he has, you know, insane catch radius. He's one of the most physical receivers in this class. Um, he's not an awful separator. Like, he's not great at it, but I, I don't watch David Bell, and I'm not like... Oh wow, my oh my god, this guy is gonna have to like you brought up Laquan Trewell before. I do, I don't see that at all really. He's more effective after the catch. I believe he only has one drop this year, and like I said, even against like good teams with decent secondaries, like he just always consistently produces huge catch radius. And I just look at guys like this, Alex. I'm like, this guy is basically, you know, balled out every year in college. And he's got a good profile. He's shown physicality. He's shown improvement in areas that he's had to improve. Why am I not to believe that this guy is going to come into the NFL and just, like, not not be very good at all? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I'm expecting him to be a superstar. But, like, I like the Allen Robinson comp. And while it is a high-end comp, David Bell could be a guy that could, you know, get drafted in the top 50, have a role on a team rather quickly, have a really good year, and, like, it would not shock me in the slightest. So I, I'm i a big David Bell fan more so than you. I understand you like him, but he's uh, he's one of my guys in this class. I really, I really – I'm a David Bell supporter, just like I was a T. Higgins supporter. And, you know, guess who came out on top on that? I get it. I don't hate the comp there actually with T Higgins because T Higgins was not a tremendous athlete, but was definitely a I guy who think was Bell's a better athlete than him. Yeah, I'll say that. I, I do too. I, I think so too. I, to me, Bell is a guy who is a really good athlete who just happens to be slow. I, I think his ability to contort his body is what really makes him a tremendous athlete for me. And I think he can get up. He's got really sure hands. There's a lot to like there. It's just an issue for me of what does this look like against NFL caliber defenses is, you know, can he still do that? And there's a lot of people that haven't been able to, that also looked really good doing it in college is a bit my concern, but like I'm saying, when I see the high end plays, Alan Robinson's a guy who comes to mind for me. So I'm willing to take a bit of a risk on him. Just not quite as high as you. It appears. I'm really excited to talk about my number four guy in this class and I don't think these guys getting talked about quite a bit. And I think that that is eventually going to change. He's going to be one of those guys when everyone starts watching the coastal Carolina film and getting on there, he's going to be a guy who just explodes, but number four, 
four overall, which is a solid second round grade for me in this class. I have Javon Hiley out of Coastal Carolina. He's a senior, 6'2", 200 pounds, kind of a bit of a similar, I guess, build to David Belt. Looks a bit different. He looks kind of more long and lean to me personally. So I don't know. Maybe he doesn't quite weigh 200 pounds in real life. We'll see. But he's definitely not a small guy. Having a really good year. Again, it's Coastal Carolina, but 24 receptions for 499 yards and four touchdowns in five games. Pretty solid. But, man, he is fast, and he has really loose hips, and he is a very, very good separator. Good after the catch. I struggled to find anything he didn't do well. I think my only concern is, okay, what does this look like against better defensive players? Because he's playing at Coastal, and he's not going up against too many NFL-level defensive backs. But with that said, right now, the number two person in college football has a 4.92 yards per route run. Highly, 6.01. So he's over a full yard more than number two overall guy who has a big gap on the number three overall guy. His average depth to target, which we both like Grayson McCall more than I'd say consensus right now. We both agree he doesn't have the biggest arm. Highly's getting a 14.9 yard average depth of target, which means that he is separating enough that Grayson McCall is consistently getting it to him at a 14.9 yard average depth of target. And he's caught 24 of 29 targets. He has one drop, very sure hands, good frame, really crisp routes. Most things I've seen for his expected 40 time, and this can be tough to judge on Coastal because – you know, he's just not going up against the same caliber athletes as you see in the SEC to gauge people's speed on. But I'm seeing 440 to 445. It looks like he's going to test very well. He definitely can jump well. Really loose hips. I was I was just kind of blown away by him, man. I, I think he's a real diamond in the rough here. And he wasn't a nobody coming out. He's a three-star athlete. So I like him a lot. And he's a guy who when I started this list, I did not expect him to be in my top 10. And he wound up number four overall over guys that I really like. So I don't know, man, I'm probably my favorite guy in this class. I'll I'll be objective right now. I have not watched him at all. You know, I've seen the grades on that coastal Carolina offense. I am a big Grayson McCall fan. So I'm definitely going to get some eyes on him as soon as we get off on this. Watch his routes. I will. I will definitely watch him as soon as we get off. But this is your guy. I have not watched him, so I will let you have your moment. But um, I'll move on to my number <laughs> three guy. On uh, It's Drake London. And, you know, Drake London is one of two guys. And this might sound weird that he's not number two. But him and Traylon Burks were the only two guys I came out of summer scouting. And I was like... These are, like, the two who I could see potentially being, like, top 15 receivers in the NFL. I understand you're worried about the athleticism concerns, but diving into the measurables with Drake London, he's foot five, 210 pounds, runs a projected 4.52. And like you said, I don't think he's going to blow away athleticism. He is so explosive. Um... He was a member of the USC basketball team. So kind of like a DeAndre Hopkins style, um, you know, career path, not confident to nuke. That would be ridiculous. But um, not Drake London. I mean, just the most productive wide receiver 
in college football this year. I mean, he already has 670 to- yards receiving. Um, the thing I love about him is his hands. And he has a lot of drops this year, which is a little concerning. But I also feel like that has to do with the accuracy. I feel like that number is slightly inflated. Um, just watching some of the... I haven't watched a ton of 2021 USC tape, but uh, his hands were so good. And the versatility he provides in offense, the ability to line up as either an X and Z or in the slot. Like, he... He, my comp for him is like a slightly more athletic Keenan Allen. And I think he could be better in contested catch situations. I think he's super strong over the middle of the field. He's a complete alpha on an offense. You know, that first step that he has off the line of scrimmage, I feel like, is super underrated. And it's just hard to pick flaws with him. Like I said, probably not going to be some, you know, take it to the house 90 yards type of guy. But a guy like you said, you put him in like third down, have him like just be kind of like that weapon. He reminds me so much of like a Keenan Allen. And he does remind me a lot of like Mike Evans because he's going to jump pretty high. And I think he has that mentality to fight for that ball. Good, uh, radi- good catch radius, good body contortion, kind of a similar trait that guys like CeeDee Lamb and Kyle Pitts had. You know, he's not afraid to go after any ball. So I really like Drake London coming out of college, uh, summer scouting. I didn't have him su- super highly ranked over the summer, but that's because I just need to see more of it. And I've seen more of him, man, and I'm all in. I really do like this kid. And I'm, I'm dying on the hill, Drake London. Really good player. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. And – you see glimpses of all those true catch point alpha guys in his game. It's just, you also see glimpses of tons of different busts. So, you know, it's good to tightrope walk, but he does some other things really well too. And I think that's the thing that separates him from most of those other guys in those roles is he's really good after the catch too. And I think that's a rare skill set to have. So I definitely get being really high on him. My number three overall guy is Garrett Wilson from Ohio state who I think is going to be wide receiver one on some people's boards, going to be lower on others. He is listed, I think, six foot 192, if I remember correctly. Having a solid year, uh, 26 receptions for 462 yards, four touchdowns in five games. He was a five-star receiver coming out, looked really good as a freshman, looked really good as a sophomore, looking really good again this year. He's definitely a guy who has that special body control in the air that some people just have, like an Odell Beckham is the great example of it. I'm not quite going to say he's Odell Beckham, but he is very smooth, a bit high-hipped for his frame. I don't think he's super, super fast. I think he's going to be plenty fast enough, but I think he's going to be more of a 4 four, five guy than what some people think he's going to be, which is fine. I'm, I'm content with it. I just think he's maybe not the quite the athlete that is going to get him drafted in the first round. We'll see. Some guys are going to go in the first round this year, but – not a ton of separation for him. Good route runner, really creative route runner, uh, and just an all-around good player who does a lot of the little things right, can win at the catch point, can win as a route runner, is fast enough to get separation vertically, has great body contortion, pretty sure hands, 
And, you know, I think that if it all comes together for him, someone he reminds me of a bit is Stefan Diggs. I think a bit where not the fastest guy ever, but just such a fluid mover that he's able to get a ton of separation if his routes continue to improve, which they very much could. And I have no issue with people that have him higher than wide receiver three. And I get no issue with people that have him just slightly under that either. Very good overall player, not the best wide receiver on Ohio State. I disagree with you there. Um, he's my wide receiver too, so last segue of the day. Um, <laughs> no, nah, he's just a guy that, I mean, not to be lazy in my evaluation of him, but he's like good at everything, man. It's hard to pick flaws in Kara Wilson. Like, you could talk about his lack of speed. These are verified measurements by the school, by the way. 5'11", 6'8", 188, 442, 9'5", 8-hand, 31'5", 8-arm, and 77.5 wingspan. So he's got really good measurables, not the biggest guy. I would say if I had to put my money on it right now, I'm pretty sure the props are not out. There's no way to find 2022 props yet. He's probably my favorite just based on, like, you know, I hate to say it like this, but I feel like you know it's true. The school he goes to and the overall skill set and kind of like the floor that he holds. I think he's like the favorite to be the first guy off the board at this point. I don't think we're going to see any receiver go in the top 10 like we have been seeing. but um, Or like we saw last year. I remember none of those Alabama guys with CeeDee Lamb went top 10 in 2020 if I'm not mistaken. Um, what number was Ruggs? Do you remember off the top of your head what number Ruggs was? He was 11, right? He went 12th, right? I think 12th. Okay, yeah. So none of them went top 10. Um, last year we saw a couple guys go top 10. But, no, Garrett Wilson, he's a guy, um, really good route runner. Separation skills are absurd. Uh, big hands, solid production. I'm going to take a page out of the Alex Jensen uh, notebook and box score scout this year. He does not have a game where he was below 70 yards this year. The, I'm going to read off his yardage total through Ohio State's four games. 80, 117, 70, 124, and 71. And the most catches he's had in those games is eight, and that was against Oregon. He went 8, 117, and one against Oregon. So the production is definitely going up. He's really good after the catch. Couple drops against Oregon too. Yeah, a couple drops as well. I believe he has like three on the year. I'm I'm not gonna calculate his drop rate at this right now. That's that's for the numbers nerds like you. But yeah, Garrett Wilson <laughs> is a guy who can, you know, just he's a I don't want to say Jack of all trades, master of none. Like if you were like rating all of his skills, he's probably a solid eight or nine. In most of them, I don't think he has one like standout trait, maybe the separation, but he's just really solid to me. I just see a higher ceiling with him than I do with Crystal Lave. Oh, I like both of them. Wilson, Wilson's a first round guy on my board. I like both. Like I said, he's my wide receiver three. Yeah. He does have a bit of a drop issue this year, and he's not as good after the catch um, as Olave is right now. Drop rate's 13.3%, which is a little high, but it is what it is. He just he's had his three worst games against the power five teams and he's just absolutely destroyed the people who just aren't the same level of athlete as him, which there's some good to be said for for that. But there's just more concerns for me than there are with Olave and a little bit less dynamic for me. But again, very good player. And it's just picking apples and oranges. They're both good. Uh, 
I have Chris Olave as my wide receiver too in this class. I love him. I really, really love him. I uh, He's definitely the best deep target in this class, and I don't think it's close. I, I think Dubs is fun to watch deep. He's not the same level of separator across all deep routes that Olave is. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about with his athleticism a little bit. I know he's ran a 4.38 confirmed 40 on tape. I don't that have a problem with his athleticism. I have a problem with like his physicality. and st- I don't feel like it will translate as well to the NFL. No, I get what you're saying. He's not the biggest guy ever. Um, but uh, I was just saying compared to uh, Wilson, who I, I think he's clearly going to out-test for me personally. Uh, I think Olave, even in high school, I believe he won all of California high school with a 10.8 100-meter dash. Dude can fly. Again, 4.38 on tape, lasered. Doesn't mean he'll run it in the combine, but it shows he has sub 4.4 on tape. Uh, jumping ability is absurd, uh, particularly particularly his broad jump is going to be insane. Uh, I believe he had, I don't know if it's still the record, but I believe it was the California state record for the long jump at 23.6 feet. Dude is explosive. He is freaky explosive. Came along, played very well as a freshman, if that matters to you. Has done nothing but dominate. He's probably going to leave Ohio State their all-time leader in uh, yards and touchdowns all-time, which is saying something Consider some of the receivers that have come out of there. I think that's why he came back to school this year. And he is just a phenomenal route runner for me. I don't think he is the most physical guy. If you're asking me who do I want to play a physical role, it's going to be Garrett Wilson between the two. But I think that he is a guy who can just really, really separate all levels. And that's the thing I value more than anything else. Really crisp route runner, dynamic athlete, and another guy who just really reminds me of someone when I'm watching him. See what you think about this comp. Because when I watch him, he reminds me a ton of Will Fuller. That's probably why I don't like it. I mean, that is a great comp. That is an outstanding comp because I was not a big Will Fuller guy. But I do like Olave. I I mean, I'm not trying to shit on him the entire podcast. One thing I will say that I feel like will help him get drafted maybe in that first round range is that he's a fourth-year senior. Wilson is a third-year junior, but Olave is only a month older than him. I don't know if you knew that. He's I, I didn't know less, it. I looked it up. He's less than a month older. Olave's birthday is June 27th, 2000, and Garrett Wilson is July 22nd, 2000. So they're actually like basically the same age. Yeah, and that's, that's actually a really good fact. I like that a lot. And I just think the other thing that I didn't really mention too much before except for earlier is that Olave, when he's going up against – their top competition, he seems to rise up and play at a different level. And that makes me a lot more confident in how he's going to translate to the NFL for me personally. So I, I really love Chris Olave. I, I think that I get what you're saying. Like some people think, well, he can't have the same ceiling as some of these other players because he doesn't do this as well. And it really just comes down to physicality because in terms of athleticism, I think he matched up with anyone in this class, but I think that that matters so much less to me when his ceiling is still a high volume, deep target. And I think that the floor is just going to be a solid wide receiver too, which is phenomenal for a floor. I don't think there are many people I would say that about. He's so a safe prospect. He's one of the safe, safe prospect, prospects. but I think one that could become a very good player as well. So 
I don't know. I, I love him personally. I really, really love him. And he's, he's a big, my guy for me. He's a name brand guy. for me. But let's get into your wide receiver one. Uh, my, my receiver one, Traylon Burks, Arkansas. Um, definitely not locked in. Like I said, these top five guys are so close. Like a lot is going to have to go into finalized athletic testing, how they finish out the year. You know, Pickens might even return. I do think he'll come back to play. Towards the end of the year. But I look at Traylon Burks. So you brought up my conference. So thank you for the foreshadowing. But I really do see a lot of A.J. Brown in him. Like, A.J. Brown tested insane. Burks might not test as good as him in terms of, like, agilities. But Burks, um, six foot three, even 225 pounds, 4'5", 2. Um, production was insane. I'll start off with the negatives with him just to uh, – you know, get those out of the way. Um, he's definitely a little inconsistent in terms of production. He could disappear at times. Um, he, I wouldn't say he's the best. I've seen or I saw a lot last year Felipe Franks trying to hit him on, you know, RPO screens and, like, bubble screens and stuff like that. He's not great in space. He's not a guy who's going to, you know, like, you know, sidestep you, like, stutter step like that. But when I do watch him, he's physical. He's good at the catch point. Um, on end of rounds and, you know, gadget plays like that, he is really effective. He's like a A.J. Brown, also kind of like a bigger LaVisca Chabot in my eyes. I feel like he is super versatile. He is a legit, like, weapon on an offense that could fill a lot of roles for you. He's a really good blocker, too. We haven't said that a lot, and that's an important part of, you know, a wide receiver's, like, role. I do think, you know, he could play some special teams if need be, but if I'm having him as a first-round pick, you you want him to be, like, a feature on your offense. But, yeah, outside of, like, agility, I mean, the route running is super underrated, um, strong, athletic, um, physical, just everything you really look for in, like, a X wide receiver one. And despite the inconsistency, I do feel like if he goes to – the right team, he has a chance to eventually be a top 10, top 15 receiver in the league. Like, he does have that type of ceiling. And I do think he will run faster than 4-5-2. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think he is a decently fast straight line guy. And, you know, like I said, I like him a lot. It's just I can get how he could so be the cool. first wide receiver off the board because he has such a unique skill set. I could also see why he could drop because his skill set is so unique and there's not a lot of tried and true people with that skill set in the NFL. And uh, I hope he goes to the right team with throughout offensive coordinator because I love him and I want the best for him. My wide receiver one in the class is George Pickens, who to me is the only person in this class that I feel like really has that ability to be a true wide receiver one at the NFL level. And I don't mean wide receiver one, like one of the top 32 receivers in the NFL where he'd be the number one on some teams. I mean, like that top 10 to 12 guy that is the alpha in the league. It's going to be a pro bowler every year, that type player. I think that's what George Pickens can be. I, I think that you need to see him come back healthy, and that's a huge risk. And that's scary when you have him wide receiver one. Uh, luckily, we'll probably see him come back and see if that's still there. I don't think he's the fastest guy ever. I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, over the four, six threshold, but I think he's going to be kind of close to it. I, I think he could run somewhere in the low four fives, but I'm not sure that he will. Uh, that being said, 
he just is a tremendous route runner and he is a legitimate alpha at the catch point. I, I think when I was watching some of those highlights from Georgia last year, that's when I first was like, Oh my God, their whole strategy last year was just throw it somewhere near George Pickens and he'll take care of the rest. And that's all I see when I watch him is he is just physically outclassing everybody. And he has the mentality that if a ball is in the air, it's his and he's taking it and no one's going to stop him. And they don't. And he's got that, you know, phenomenal size. I think he's probably about six foot three, two Oh five. Surprisingly bendy for it springy and just overall explosive dynamic. And he has the mentality for it. I think there's some off field stuff that, I don't want to get into, but might concern some teams, might not. I don't know if it'll be a huge deal. Uh, it's probably behind him now. Hopefully it is. But if you're talking about one guy who has the highest ceiling in this class, at least realistic ceiling, for me, it's Pickens, and it's not really that close. And I think when I try to envision what that role could be in the NFL, Michael Thomas is the guy who comes to mind for me, who I think had some similar concerns coming out as well uh, across the board. And uh I think if you put him in a similar role like that, he has a chance to be a truly special player for years to come. So basically you think George Pickens is only going to run slants. Yes. I would, I would call him slant man. Slant, <laughs> slant Lord. No, I Cause you know, you. I'm not calling George Pickens slant boy. That is, that is not happening. I don't want to die today. <laughs> no, but no, I agree with you. Like I said before, uh, he was my fifth guy. Uh, injuries played a part in that ranking, but you know, a healthy guy who comes back, he could, he could perhaps be, I don't know if he'll be number one. Cause I do like a couple of these guys more regardless. He could be two or three. Like this is, he's a really, really good football player with the potential to be the star of an NFL offense. Where do you, where would you rank him in terms of realistic ceiling in this class? What? Like a role Cause, or like because I get just if you're talking about like who do you think has the realistic chance to become like the best player in this class, like that in terms of ceiling in that way. Like if they hit their 80th percentile outcome, what number is he in this class for you? Assuming health. That's tough. Um you know what? How about we do this? So me and Alex also have honorable mentions for you guys. So I'll have Alex go over his. Me and him both wrote down some guys. Guys who did not crack our top ten. He could go over. He has about... Uh, God, Got a good amount Jesus of guys. Christ, man. You get, yeah, so if you want to touch I like on this a couple class of a lot. them, then I'll touch on them. I'll try and answer that George Pickett's question while you go. And then I'll give a couple guys of my own. But Alex, the floor is yours, sir. Okay. I won't touch on the guys you also did, uh, but I you want could. to. I want to. You could. Okay, I will. You could. So you let's let's start off. I'll just go quick hitters here. Uh, Jalen Cropper, wide receiver from Flor- Florida State, FSU, Fresno State University, been an absolute monster this year for them. Uh, he has had a little bit of ball control issues. Uh, he's had some balls bounce off his hand. Uh, pardon me. He's fumbled twice he has also really been an off at the catch point phenomenal athlete looks pretty fast on the field no drops destroys man coverage 
I, I wrote his stats down somewhere. It was just absurd what he was doing in this class. He uh, six foot one seventy five, so smaller guy, true junior, but forty four receptions for five hundred and twenty eight yards and nine touchdowns through six games. Just ridiculous, uh, and. I've just truly been one of the most impressive players this year. I don't know if he's big enough to pull it off in the NFL. I'm not quite sure. He's he's light and he's fast, but he's not absurdly fast. I think he's probably going to be in the four four to four four five range most likely. But he's been really fun to watch on film. Guy I've loved for a long time. Was pumped to see him with Scott Frost. Uh, didn't work out great, but he still looked good there. Wondell Robinson lighting the world on fire over at Kentucky right now. Freaky fast. I remember seeing reports he ran like a 429 in high school somewhere when he first came out. I don't know if that was true, but he certainly looks fast. He's not a traditional wide receiver, which uh, kind of drops him down a little bit, but he is one of those just weapons where you get him into space and good things are going to happen. Right now, he's averaging 3.92 yards per route run, which is sixth in all of college football. And he's doing that at Kentucky which is just pretty much unheard of, destroys man coverage. Absolutely. You cannot put one person on him. So he, he's a really fun chess piece for some people. A guy who really stood out to me that I'd never even heard of before I started doing this is uh, Zachary Franklin, who's on the University of Texas, San Antonio. Very fun player to watch. Uh, absolutely destroys zone coverage. If you try to try to just give him a soft spot, he will destroy you. I had to drop him a bit because I don't know what he looks like against better quality athletes, but he's been an absolute monster so far this year. Uh, right now, he's decent size, about 6'1", 190 pounds. Probably runs about the 4'5", but just destroys people vertically, mosses people a ton, and having a great year on a good University of Texas San Antonio guy. I, I wanted badly to put him in my top 10. I just don't know if he's that level of athlete because I haven't had a chance to see him with it. Someone I do know is a fantastic athlete, Jamison Williams on Alabama, came over from Ohio State. True Jr. had a game with two kick return touchdowns in the game, including one of the most ridiculous kick return touchdowns. I know Zach's going to talk about him too. He might be the best wide receiver on Alabama. He's not the most polished, that's for sure, but he is incredibly explosive. He might be the most explosive wide receiver in this entire class if it's not Olave. Very fast straight line guy. Needs some work, but you can see the ceiling there in Speed plays in the NFL right now. That's for sure. Romeo Dubs, we already talked about. Jalen Tolbert is really high on a lot of people's boards. I didn't quite see it when I watched him. I've heard he's listed as like a 4-4-5 guy, so maybe he's really fast. 6-3-190, he's got size. He's putting up numbers at South Alabama right now. Has one of the weirdest stat lines so far this year I've ever seen, where he has 20 catches for 460 yards, so 23 yards per catch with no touchdowns. I don't know how that's even possible, but <laughs> that's that's weird. He's, he's a fun player. I'm a bit lower on him because I don't see him separate a ton, especially playing at South Alabama. That concerns me. Maybe if he comes out and tests amazing, I will be higher on him. I see a lot of people think he's going to go late second round, early third round. Justin Ross, concussion right now probably might play again. That really concerns me for someone that has the neck injury he has had and makes me say anytime he gets hit in the head, they're going to have to take him out for at least a week. That's concerned. Doesn't separate a ton, but a really good catch point guy. Really good production. Uh, Jaden Reed on Michigan State came over from Western Michigan. Has been phenomenal as a separator at Michigan State on a surprisingly good Michigan State team that I, I'm I'm pretty high on this year. Six foot one eighty five, decent size, not crazy. 
he is kind of similar to Dubs. He's a deep ball guy where he can stack guys phenomenally, get separation downfield, maybe more separation than Dubs. Doesn't do too much outside of that right now. Dante Demas out for the year, RIP, but I do like him quite a bit. And uh, <laughs> just saw just saw Zach's note. Sorry, Zach, I'm rambling. Uh, talk about two more guys. The whole podcast, Jesus. Christ. Yes, really quickly. I like a lot of these guys, man. I like a lot of these guys. I'm just gonna. I've got three guys. I'm finishing up real quick. Mario Douglas, joystick, 5'8", 165, fast, plays at Liberty, and he is the best weapon that they have over there right now on the receiving side. Very fun, probably too small. Mecca Mezzi, been around forever. I think he's a fifth or sixth year senior. Not very fast, but I like him a lot. I don't know if he's an NFL receiver, but he's very good against man coverage, and he's good at the catch point. Last guy, Sky Moore, converted cornerback from Western Michigan. Fun player, Zach. Zach Pickens. Zach Pickens. George Pickens. Zach Pickens, uh, South Carolina defensive tackle. Now, Sky Moore's <laughs> on my uh, – I actually picked him off the waiver wire in my uh, college fantasy league. Oh, let's go. Pretty well, so go Sky Moore. But, yeah, I mean, that's awesome, man. Um, you know – Props to you watching all these guys. I have not watched, so I don't even know who the hell. What's his name? Jalen Cropper? Jaden? I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, and then uh, do yourself here. Watch some Zachary Franklin. I don't think anyone's talking about I've him, seen, but he's good, I've man. Seen a little, I've seen a little Zachary Franklin. I like him. Yeah. Oh. No, but, uh, yeah, my list is not as long. By the way, to answer your Pickens question, probably 10. I would probably say top 10. Oh, I meant in this class. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like top, like he has a ceiling to at the end of the day be like a top. 10 oh, you mean like a top ten pick? I meant in terms of wide receivers in this class. Oh, I he could be like the he could be the best one. I would not be okay. Yeah, that's what I was talking. I was oh, like, all right, okay. Zach's putting a lot of thought into this one. Okay, wow. you know what? You completely <laughs> misconstrued me. I was going through like each position group while you were rambling. I was like, Tyler I was wondering why the wheels were spinning so hard, but I was like, maybe he takes this very I really seriously. I don't, I don't really understand it. <laughs> First, to be honest, my brain. It's all good. Was not I appreciate the effort. Yeah, but uh, I just got five guys we're going to touch on quickly. Uh, I'll start off with Jahan Dotson. Uh, I talked about him. He's probably, in terms of a prospect, he's probably like 70% of what Jalen Waddle was. I don't think I would take him in the first round, but he's definitely shooting up boards. Um, Jamison Williams. The thing with him is that he's definitely been more impressive than John Mechie this year. I definitely don't think he's a better wide receiver. This is where I feel like. You know, a guy has a couple games, but I feel like his what he could do more like the breakaway speed because he is one of the fastest guys I've watched in this class. Um, You know, his, you know, high his high floor plays are better than Mechie. But I do feel like Mechie could make an impact on an NFL offense quick more quickly. Dante Demas, Maryland. um Oh, we didn't we didn't talk about that. Uh, you completely jinxed uh, Talia, bro. After the mock, yeah, future future Giants first round pick Talia Tonga Tonga with a uh, five interception stinker <laughs> against Iowa. But anyway, um, nah, that I'm, Iowa defense not, is good, I'm man. Not, They're very not, good. It is good. I, I think they'll be Penn State this week. Maybe they will shut down Jahan Dotson, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, Demas, unfortunately. Out for the year, knee injury. I saw the injury live. It was not pretty. Looked like he definitely tore something in there, which sucks because he really could have like been a huge riser in this class. Like 
I already had him as like a day two pick, but that just sucks, man. But uh, we get Rakeem Jarrett next year, which is awesome. I love Rakeem Jarrett. Uh, I really do. Yeah. Wandale Robinson, probably the biggest riser. This class is just so deep to me that Wandale Robinson's the biggest riser to me, and he's still – he's probably my number 11 guy if we went that far. Um, everything you alluded to, just like the fast explosiveness, I really like how the, uh, Mark Stoops is using him correctly. And one guy I will shout out, um, I'm not sure if you've heard about him. Give the uh, HBCUs some love here. Uh, Nickel State wide receiver, Dejon Dixon. He's a guy who I liked last year, six feet two, uh, yeah, six feet two and a half, 201, runs a four five flat, nearly 10 inch hands. Um, just super physical, and I get playing at Nickel State doesn't go, doesn't come across the best uh, competition. He um, he was actually one of the few prospects last year who had declared him because of the COVID rule, went back to school before the deadline, kind of similar to what the NBA does. But what didn't play in twenty twenty. Uh, 2019, he had 52 catches for 1,013 yards, eight scores. This year, for the uh, Colonels of Nickel State, he <laughs> has four. That's what they are, the Colonels. The, um, I like the it. Colonel. Yeah, but uh, uh, 456 yards across four games. You know, he's just super productive, very physical. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of Preston Williams. That that's my comp for him. So. Just a small school guy. Figure I shout him out. He's a guy who I liked a little bit, but yeah, I'm here for it. Super fun, man. Yeah, this was super fun. fun. This was fun. I think you having Chris Olave seventh overall in the class is the most emotional I have been on a podcast, probably, probably in my life. I, I, I think uh, you having Traylon Burke six in this class is up there too. But listen, man, we both really like this class. It's kind of like apples to oranges, like. I'm not going to fight you to death for being like, oh, Drake London, or like Jahan Dotson's better than John Mechie. Like, I won't argue with you on that. Speaking of apples to oranges, this podcast kind of like apples to oranges. I'm here from Washington, the apple capital of the U.S. Zach, if I'm not mistaken, went to the University of Florida. Absolutely not. You didn't? Oh, really? Never mind. <laughs> no, Nothing I like that. Not. No, 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 no. I, uh, I, I've been a Gators fan, you know. Ever since I was younger. Okay, Gators um, yeah, fan. That's where I got it. State school in upstate New York, man. Basically the same. All right, fan of the University of Florida, where oranges are traditionally grown. Alex oranges doesn't work as well if you didn't go there, but we're just gonna act like you are. Yeah, so Alex, uh, Alex, fantastic uh, transitions. Do do me a favor, guys. Um, if you leave us a five, please leave us a five star review and just a big old F in the comments for. Alex on there. Just a big or for, yeah, for the University of Florida, get Zach a little excited. And, uh, you know, maybe yeah. uh, he it's can get a real degree there. Henry no. <laughs> Jones is depriving me of all excitement. Oh, I'm sorry. But definitely, we appreciate everyone for listening. Appreciate all the five-star reviews that have been coming in. Definitely, if you haven't, please give us a five-star review. And uh, we're excited to get back to you in the betting lines. Man, Zach, different story this week on the betting lines. Zach... Back to me coming in on a bit of a hot streak. I'm, I'm oh, excited yeah. to hear who he picks this year. <laughs> no, so, yeah, definitely. Hot streak for both of us coming in. Uh, so definitely tune in on Thursday when we release that. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your night. Zach, 
As always, a pleasure to talk to you. This is one of my favorite podcasts we've done so far because I got emotional and uh, I love to, love to hear it. And uh, you can find Zach at NFL underscore Dietz. You can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen on Twitter. You can find our podcast at Juicy Dietz NFL. NFL. Yep. I just want to say one more thing or two more things actually before. Um, a couple of our buddies, they write at Sports Illustrated, uh, Lorenz Leinweber, Kellen Gerenstein. They do their own podcast in the film room with Kellen and Lorenz. And we appreciate the shout out they gave us. We love you guys. Definitely check out in the film room with those guys. You know, get a little juicy deets action and then go and go uh, listen to in the film room with them. Definitely going to collab with them soon. And in more we do. important we do. news, in more important news, more important American League wildcard game. It's the top of the six, and the Yankees are losing, which is probably <laughs> the best news all night. What's your World Series pick, man? No, this is a football podcast, but give me your World Series prediction right now. Uh, it's just I don't want to do it, but I'm gonna pick the Dodgers. I, I feel like it's the Giants here. I'm gonna go. I'm going with the Giants. I'll say it is. Giants. It is an odd year. It is an odd year. It is an odd year. I, I do believe that uh, Farhan Zaidi is uh, is cursed, and uh, his curse is that he will always have the most wins in the regular season and always lose the World Series. So maybe it's gonna be an AL team's year. But uh, <laughs> it's gonna. Yeah. It's it's pretty open this year. I like it. I like it. I, I'm excited yeah. for it. As long as and, being the being the Mets fan that I am, as long as it's not the Braves or the Yankees, I don't really care. But I objectively, I do I do have the Giants over the Rays. Now I'll lock that in right here. Okay, locked in. I am going to say that as the second most important thing. Definitely putting Lorenz and Kellen ahead of them. Shout out to the boys. Thank you for your shout out. Love you guys. Can't wait to have you on. Thank you to everyone for listening. Show guys, Zach. I will talk to you tomorrow for the betting show. Have a fantastic evening. Mia, and I'm all yours. Not for the money, and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, it's for the noise, please. Sex, sex, sex.